This is actually our fifth week of this series called We Church, Not Me Church. It's really uh, easy in this culture that we live in. Uh, nothing against Apple or anything, but everything is I. We have our iPod, our iPad, everything is customized to I, everything that fits I. Uh, and it's really a good work of kind of the enemy of God uh, to just make us be a people who look at how we can just customize everything to be about me. When God, you know, really designed us to be a people of we, you know, that we care for each other and that we, and so we've been talking over the last few weeks about, you know, how the church has been designed to be we, to be for others. And, and uh, we've been talking about, unfortunately, we see some statistics that uh, the church is in rough shape if we don't make some changes, not this church uh, specifically. There's some areas that we may relate to that data, but uh, specifically church as a whole, if we continue down the path that we're going, the data is saying, hey, we're going to uh, not only lose effectiveness in this world, especially in America, uh, but we could really dissolve or we could see the erosion of church. Now, I don't believe that because I believe in the local church. I see that the data is there, but I believe uh, that the scripture says that when Christ built the church, uh, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the data may look bad, but I believe that God will raise up a church that's going to do it the right way. Amen. And we're going to be part of that and make a difference. I believe, like Pastor Bill Heibel says, that uh, the church, the local church, the body of Christ is the hope of the world. When we live out the way God called us to be, I believe that is the answer to our community's issues and to the things that the government can't solve. I believe the church has the answer. And so I'm a huge believer in the church. But there is some things that we have to look at as a church, as believers, that we got to make sure we're right. We're in alignment with the way that God called us to be. And uh, one of the things I want to talk specifically today about is guarding our heart, is guarding uh, how we are and, and how our heart is, and that we're not letting ourselves get distracted uh, with things that come. Because in this world, if we could be real, uh, in this world, it's very easy to lose heart. You know, all throughout scripture, different writings would start like this. Hey, you know, da, da, don't lose heart or don't be discouraged. A lot of the writings were like reminding people like, hey, you got to keep yourself on target. Let your heart and your life be on alignment with what God has called you to do. Because in this world, especially as a Christian in a dark world, it, it's hard to not lose heart. You know, maybe some of you might have tried, you know, oh, I went to help that person and, and my heart was right and then they took advantage of me and so now I'm not going to do it anymore. And we've let our heart get off the way. Or, you know, you maybe stood up for righteousness and you took a stand and you spoke the truth and you did it out of the right heart and then someone made fun of you or they ridiculed you or you got, and then you said, well, forget it. I'm not going to stand up because I might be embarrassed or it might not make a difference. And we just let our, our hearts get either closed up or bitter. But the scripture is always pointing us, hey, above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows from it, the scripture says. Like the most important thing we can do is make sure our heart is right. And, uh, and so it's a big thing for us. And, and uh, I believe this, that God raises up and advances the church and his people based on really one filter. Is their heart right and are they faithful? You know, faithfulness comes from the right heart. So you could really link those two things. Uh, scripture says, you know, uh, he, if they're faithful and little, I will give them more. You know, they can be trusted more. That's how we gain more. That's how we advance. And so if your heart is right and you're remaining faithful, and no matter what you see over here and what you see over here, my heart is right and set on the things of God, then God's going to advance us. Amen? So if we want to be great for God, we have to keep our heart right. Uh, a lot of people, uh, they come in to the kingdom of God or they have an idea for the things of God, and, 
And it's okay to dream big. And you know, we talk a lot about prayer and, and praying big things, and we believe all that. But a lot of people come in and, and they just say, oh, I pray that, you know, God do great things and, and God move. And we use all these big words about these moves of God. And then God says, awesome, I'm with you. Keep your heart right when I'm asking you to do the little things. I'll advance you about, you know, keep your heart right. You keep pure, you keep faithful, you keep staying right. You, Amen. Yeah. Then I'll give you more, give you more. God wants you to get to the great things but we got to keep our heart right and remain faithful, remain pure, and not let ourselves get distracted as God raises us into those great things. But unfortunately, uh, we let our heart or our spirit get off. You know, we, 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 we get distracted or we get hurt, and we close off a chamber of our heart, and we say, that part God can't have. And, and we make decisions uh, about, well, it's got to be like this, or it's got to be like this, and we give God all the ways that it has to be for him to use you. And we say things like, well, uh, I need a title and then I could be great for God. Or uh, people need to do it my way, and then I would be great for God. Or uh, if I just had the right platform, or if they recognized me right, then I could be great for God. But God always chooses the people that say, no matter what, my heart is right to what he's called me to, and then God uses those people, amen? We gotta be humble about it. The Apostle Paul, after preaching for a few years, of course, he wrote letters. And you see in 59 AD, he writes, I'm the least among the apostles. He has this idea of the disciples of the apostles or of the apostles. He says, I'm the least of these. That's his mindset in 59 AD. A few more years walking with God, five years later in 64 AD, he considers himself to be the least of all the saints or the churchgoers, the church members. I'm the least of all the saints. And then one year after that in 65 AD, he says, I feel like I'm the chief of all the sinners. And I'm not here to talk about how the more we walk with God, the less we should think of ourselves uh, and we should all get this low self-esteem and we're no good. And unfortunately, there's been doctrines made that way. But isn't it interesting that when we first come to God, and some of you could relate to this, uh, you get saved and you don't care what it is. Your heart is so set on God. You don't care what the church has you do or what the community asks you to do or what the neighbor asks you. You're, just, I'm, you're, you're like Paul here. You say, oh man, I'm just the least of all the sinners. I'll do anything. You know, I'm the least of all. However you want to use me, I'm with you. Got it. But then you get growing in church a little bit and you go, well... You know, I've kind of been in it a little bit, and I've kind of done a few things, and you start to climb your spiritual high horse, and you go, well, really what I am is I'm kind of the least of, of all the saints here. I'm, I'm not one of the least. I'm a, I'm a little bit better now, and we kind of start to build it, and then a, a little bit more time in the church, and we go, look at me. You know, I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm really at the top tier here. Certainly, God wouldn't ask me to do that because over here, I'm the least of the... And we climb this spiritual high horse and we let our hearts get off. And really what we do is we disqualify ourselves from ever being used by God because we don't have a usable heart, right? Above all, guard your heart, guard your heart because everything flows from it because God uses people whose hearts are set on him, amen? Uh, I thought about it like this. Humility, I love this saying, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often. So our thought patterns when we're thinking of ourselves less often would go like this. Is this decision that I'm going to make, how is it going to affect others when I choose my hobbies over my family, right? How is this decision, because I'm thinking of others and thinking of myself less, how is this decision going to affect others when I no-show and no-call at my job? How is this a decision affecting other people when I'm a habitual late person and I don't keep time and I don't honor other people's time, and I, right? Who's with me? 
we consider ourselves less, how is, this is a big one because we can justify it. I'm thinking of myself less and I'm considering others more. So how is it working when I put my family above the needs of other families? That's a real spiritual thing to say. It's like, well, I'm just taking care of my family. Well, my family comes first. And that's a big deal, right? Family comes first. I'm, I'm with you. But if all we do is turn blind eyes to everything else going on in our community because it's about our family, then we've missed it by a mile, right? It's, it's, it's about considering ourselves less and considering others more. We have to have a heart for we church, not me church. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often. The scripture says that in these last days, there'll be seducing spirits. There'll be spirits that come, <coughs> excuse me, and try to pull us away, uh, try to pull us away from uh, the way, you know, keeping our heart right, keeping on track. And so it says, beware in the last days, there'll be seducing spirits. And we've all actually seen this. You've known a couple and they had a wonderful marriage and you say, and then all of a sudden you heard they're, they're separated or they're divorced or, or this, you know, your job used to be such a guy you were excited to work for. And then something happened in his life and, and it turned and you say, well, what happened? Something happened in their life that, that has caused their heart to have damage and they didn't heal it and their heart got wrong. And all of a sudden you see what happened. They got seduced away by something that deceived them, right? Are you with me? Who's all seen that? You're like, how did that happen? I can't believe in that couple. that. Ha well, that's what it's talking about. We got to guard our hearts because in these last days, and we've mentioned a few of them, this, you've just got pulled away. Your heart has gotten off because you've gotten so busy or so distracted or you've let bitterness come in or unforgiveness come in and your heart has been pulled away. Be aware in these last days, the tactics are going to come that are going to try to get you offended and disgruntled and bitter and you're not going to be doing anything for God because your heart is off. Are you with me? So he says, be aware. Uh, I thought about it like this. You know, most church people aren't going to fall into a big immorality. You know, most of us, you know, tomorrow uh, aren't going to go out and form a gang, right? Most church people, a couple in here, there's a few that I'd keep my eye on. But uh, most of us won't fall into, you know, uh, a strong addiction or an alcoholism. Those things won't take us out. But you see year after year, great men and women of God that serve and have vision and have passion and they get bitter and their hearts get off and, they can, and the enemy takes them out. I would venture to say that before all those immorality, before all those things, the enemy is coming after what? Our heart. He wants to get us bitter and, and disgruntled and it will disqualify you, amen? When things go wrong, we have to keep the right heart or the right spirit. When you don't get the raise you deserve, what's your reaction? When the boss doesn't treat you the way that you should be treated or the way he treats others, what's your reaction? When your neighbor is the guy who just gets to you, you know, that neighbor, what's your reaction? What's your heart towards them? Because God either qualifies you or disqualifies you based on your heart. That's a strong thing to say, but that's how he chooses people. In him, he looks at their hearts and he, oh, you know, we got to keep our heart right, right? Your heart will either disqualify you or qualify you for something great. We have to keep the right heart. And, uh, you know, it's a tough message for me to preach because, um, you know, anytime as a pastor you preach a sermon, you have to live it out. And so weeks in advance, I kind of line up all these sermons. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know where this sermon would fall in the calendar, uh, but I knew I'd be preaching on keeping the right heart and having humility and thinking of others. But I also didn't know I'd be going to the Michigan State game yesterday. So <laughs> pastors are called to live out this humility on display. But then God spoke to me really clearly. He said, no, 
I've called you to go into wicked places and pull down darkness <laughs> and defeat all the evil works of... So I went into Lansing and uh, prayed, <laughs> and we had the victory. Amen. Let's take a victory march. Who's with me? <laughs> so a couple things for real, though, is we think about God choosing even the disciples. You know, we, we, we think, okay, who, who's God, you know, who's God going to raise up to be great? And God's going to do a great work through this person, even choosing the disciple. These were people that were going to live on his message. And you think, man, this is Jesus, the Messiah. It's really important who he chooses to transfer this message. He didn't go find the most educated. He didn't find the best family background. He didn't go, and you all know this, he didn't go put all these people together <coughs> that had the best parents and the best pedigree and the best... I'm sure what he saw in these people was their heart. That, hey, if I, if I can give them vision, if I can, and they can keep their heart right, did they mess up? Of course they messed up. But all of them <laughs> messed up. But along the way, their heart was always in pursuit of God. Their heart was always in do, what was doing right. Uh, many times they would come to Jesus and they would ask him questions that were heart questions. Hey, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, help me understand. Uh, I saw that you said that thing that certain way. Will you help my heart understand? Will you help me understand? Oh, I saw that you did that thing. Remember when you did the mud in the eye of the guy? Help my heart understand, you know. All these things, they were people that were always like at his feet. Well, what is that? It's a posture of my heart is for you. I'm here to serve and follow you. Even the words that we use, I'm a Christ follower, I follow you. That's a position of the heart. I'm here to follow you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I have a golden retriever. And before we had kids, he used to be my best friend. And uh, now I keep him in the closet because he's terrible to our kids. No, I'm just, he's not terrible to our kids. He just sheds a lot and they eat his hair and it's disgusting. <laughs> you laugh, but who's ever had a golden retriever? It sounds funny. I love my dog. Some of you are like, we got to go get his dog. Keeps it in a closet. It's not a closet. It's more of a hallway. But anyway, just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> my dad comes over and plays ball with the dog and uh, he feels bad for it. But I'm just messing. Uh, so here's what I'm saying about my dog. Golden Retrievers are the most loyal dogs in the whole world. This is a funny analogy, but any of you animal people will connect the dots on this. You ever take your dog for a walk? You go down a trail? You ever go to whatever? There's distractions. You know, they kind of, but their heart is set to follow, right? There's all these other things. They'll go good to stick. They'll go do a thing, but they're going to follow. Their heart is so set on following. And it, whatever distractions may come, my heart is set. I'm a follower no matter what. They don't need a title along the way. They don't need affirmation along the way. Why? Because their heart is set on the master. That's how we need to be. Hey, distractions, platforms, none of that matters. I'm going where you're going. That's all I care about. Amen? So Jesus, he's choosing people. And he even says this in Mark chapter 10. Hey, if any among you want to be great, let him be a servant to all. What does that mean? Let him have a heart for all. For us to be a we church, not a me church, we got to be living this out. Hey, my eyes are set on the master. I'm not going to let offense come because my eyes are set on what? Serving people anyway. No matter what you call me to do, no matter what you ask me to do, no matter what time you ask me to do it, no matter what area you ask me to do it in, I'm going to serve because God has essentially said, hey, you want to be great? Be people who serve people and love people. Amen? God is looking for people who at the end of the day, their prayer is not, God, make me great. It's God, use me so that I can make your name great. 
God listens to the prayers that are saying, hey, God, use me, build me up. And we can pray for great things. God, I want to be great so that I can glorify you greatly. Not I want to be great because I want to be great. God, my heart is so set and so right on bringing you glory that I believe you can raise me up this way. Here's the biggest problem, too, where we get off. Uh, I'll close with this. The problem with murmuring and complaining is you're literally vocalizing how your heart is wrong, how your heart is off. Anybody who murmurs and complains often is somebody whose heart is off because we're literally vocalizing how our heart is off because faith, praise is the language of faith. Complaining is the language of unbelief. That's a good place. Amen. Okay. So we are people who we just walk in faith and we speak right and we talk right and we trust God and we believe God and we go forward. So anytime we're murmuring, and compl- that's why they're stuck in the wilderness. Because God's like, I can't promote them to the next thing. Their heart isn't right. Look at what their words are saying. My words are saying my heart's not there. My heart's not there. I haven't got it yet. So we murmur and we complain and we murmur and complain. We have to be a people of praise because it shows that we're telling our heart, hey, we got to stay in alignment here. Amen. I thought about David. They said, hey, you know, this is a guy who God says he's got a heart like mine. Well, what was David? David was somebody who kept his heart right. Imagine this story. You're in a family with a bunch of sons. The guy comes to anoint the new king. And the dad says, hey, here's my sons, lines them up for them to pick one, and literally leaves a son out with the sheep, the shepherd boy, literally leaves him out. But you know what's interesting about that story is chapters later, what was David doing? Still nobly serving his father with the right heart, goes down to Goliath, bringing his brothers a meal, totally had his heart right, no matter a major offense, passed him over for an opportunity to be king, kept his heart right, went down, served anyway, and God promoted him. Why? Because if your heart is right, it doesn't matter the situation, God will lift you up. Amen? And so that's David. And then we think about Daniel. Daniel gets put in the lion's den, literally sleeps on, you know, these lions. They don't eat them. They don't devour them. And we all think, you know, and the Daniel fast uh, is this great fast we all talk about. And, you know, so Daniel is this great man. What does the scripture say about him? In whom was found an excellent spirit. What does that mean? He just carried himself with such a great heart. His heart was so right. He was able to be delivered and raised up. Why? Because in him was just found excellent, an excellent heart about him. Amen? Truth was a person before it was a doctrine. Here's why that matters. Before we had the whole Bible, Jesus was coming as a person and living out what truth looked like. We live out truth. And if our heart is off, we're living out the wrong truths. Bitterness, anger, we're putting all those on display. Truth was a doctrine. Here's the truth about it. A lot of people can quote the whole Bible and they got all the theology down and they got all this stuff down and they're so cold in spirit, people don't want to be around them. Why? Because their heart is wrong. They don't have a heart for others. People don't care, like Vanessa alluded to a couple weeks ago, people don't care how good we can preach. They care how much we care to reach. Before they care about a sermon or a statement or a theology thing, people want to know, hey, are you going to extend a hand? Do you really care for me? And so if our hearts are right and we're for people, we church, not me church, and we're reaching for people, that's how we're going to make a difference in our community. Amen. God is, we're into talent. We love talent. Man, they can really sing it. Man, they can really preach it. Man, they can really build that business. They can, but God is into character because here's what God does. God builds, God digs deep before he builds high. And so character has to be there before he builds something big and goes high. He has to dig real deep so the foundation can sustain it. Well, what is digging deep? 
you got to throw out a rock. You got to go through the process of getting rid of a twig and getting rid of a rock. And then there's a hard place. And then you got to, because it's the hard work of digging deep. It's the faithfulness of keeping our heart right while God digs deep so he can build high in our life. How many have ever experienced that, right? Just that season, God dug deep, but after he did, he could build high. What's the most important? We keep our heart right. We keep our eyes set on him. Amen. The scripture says this, which is really interesting. I believe that our hearts, and, and don't, you know, make this really weird, and I'll close in a couple minutes here, but I believe our heart, if we keep our heart right, I believe it's really important because there's a lot at stake. Uh, it's for generations. And why it's really important is because we can transfer what we've developed into the next generation. Here's why I know that. Because the, the scripture says about Moses, he's going before his father-in-law and his father-in-law says, hey, whoa, you have so much on you. Go get 70 elders. And when we pray, we'll pray the spirit of Moses onto the other elders. Now, some people would say, oh, we prayed the spirit of God onto the others, which really it's kind of the same thing. The, the, the anointing of Moses was from God and put on Moses and placed on others. But it said the spirit of Moses, we put on the elders. You saw with Elijah and Elisha, Elijah transferred a double portion to Elisha, meaning the spiritual heritage that you worked for. All those years you kept your heart right and you pressed on and you trusted God. All of that was formed. You can then transfer environmentally to others. You can get that on people. And, and one practical way that you see that is if you've ever raised kids and you've noticed one of your kids do something you do, right? You know, you're, you're there with your spouse and then maybe they make an attitude face and you go, oh, that was you. You know, or they do this thing, you go, oh, that was totally you. You didn't know that you transferred that, but you transferred that. <coughs> Excuse me. That happens here even spiritually. There's things that we build and we essentially gain equity in the spirit with. And if we keep our heart right, we can transfer to another generation. That's why it matters. Amen. So literally you see it there with Moses. And I would encourage you this way. Why is it extremely important for your heart to stay right here now? Because I believe you can walk into a workplace, you can walk into a school and you can transfer the right heart. You can change atmospheres. Somebody says, I don't know, it sounds kind of hocus pocus. Have you ever worked somewhere and they've made a bad hire and that guy came in and ruined what was once a great department through a bad attitude? <coughs> don't raise your hand if your boss is here. Uh, don't raise your hand if you work here uh, <coughs> or volunteer here. But the same thing happens, you know, we see that all the time in environments. Somebody shows up and, and, and it, because the bad attitude came in, the wrong heart came in because I just believe that that stuff is transferable. So all the more, this church should just, we gotta keep our heart right. We gotta keep our eyes on God. We gotta keep loving the community. Why? Because that's gonna get on other people. God digs deep before he builds high. God digs deep before he builds high. And digging deep is not fun. It's cold, it's dark, it's dirty, it's hard work. Um, you wanna get to the next step of the building up. But really you gain the most and letting God dig deep. So my prayer for us this week is we just look at our hearts. Where did I get off? You know, where did I let this come in? You say, dig deep, dig deep, get the stuff out, get the hard part out, get the, get the it's gotta get out because I want God to build high in my life. So we just gotta allow him to do it. So any bitterness, any unforgiveness, any anger that, you know, that we just allow to be there, we gotta let God dig deep because we gotta guard our hearts because everything flows from it, amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. God, we receive this word 
of guarding our hearts, Lord, because everything flows from it. God, we want to be a people uh, who are used by you because our heart is positioned rightly. God, we want to be people who follow you and pursue you uh, wholeheartedly. Lord, we don't want spaces of our heart to be given to distractions or discouragements. God, help us set our eyes on you. The scripture says the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, you're the one who does everything anyway. The author and the finisher, you're writing our story. So God, help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.